Just for fun. I, I have brothers that were not uh, even dogs, right? but the kids wanted Shane? dogs and they changed them completely. Wait, how you oh, See, I was yeah. one of them. Oh, really? I love dogs, and this is a great dog. Um, she's never had an accident in the house and wow. behaves really well. And we can hold the door open and she won't run out. Wow. Oh, nice. But I don't like dogs in my house. <laughs> when we get a yard, she will become an outside dog. And that will be. She would love her yard. But she's a good dog. And her name is Joyce. And I guess she knows we like dogs. Yeah. So, hey, y'all go play in your room. But I want to hang out. How are you doing, Vanessa? Hi. You doing all right? Yeah. Good. <laughs> You want us to be in here again? Uh, sure. Yeah, we can sit at the table. Okay. I'll have a cup of coffee and my okay. notes will be easier from the table. Sure. Listen, all right, if you're going to be in here, you need to be quiet. Because last time y'all were playing too much and I couldn't hear. All right. Uh -oh. Joyce. Excuse me, Joyce. You can sit right here in this chair. But, can I be a part of the conversation? You can listen. You can listen because me, Mr. Joe, and Miss Iris are going to talk. So, all right. Well, I read. Um, I jumped. Well, first, how's y'all's day going? Oh, it's going good. good. So, y'all have a meeting every Thursday or Wednesday? Uh, we meet to go out and to, to talk to people. We meet briefly at nine, so that's why it took me a little longer to go here than I thought. Well, I I do um I've done pest control for years, and uh -huh. um and we do have a few, quite a few, uh, Jehovah's Witness customers. Oh, okay. And so there have been several times that I've showed up, and there's a giant group of people at someone's house, and they yeah. just got done with Bible study or something. Uh huh. Yeah. So, sometimes uh yeah sometimes we meet at people's homes. It was probably what we call a field service meeting where we meet together before we go out to the, the, the different places to mm -hmm. talk to people. Yeah, so we meet at people's homes sometimes to do that. Okay. So, yeah, that's probably what you saw. So, <laughs> was today a meeting at Kingdom Hall? Or? Yeah, we're at the hall. Today. Is it Kingdom Hall, right? Yeah, Kingdom Hall, which is what we call it. Okay. And so, we met there at 9, and then from there we came over here. Okay. No worries. That's why I called you. <laughs> we have. I'm. I'm very, very lax, and I've got me and a few of my other friends. Like we all know, when we say 9:30, it means sometime between 9:15 and 10:30, we will be meeting. So you are. You are perfectly fine. We do not. Time is such an arbitrary. Time is just simply a frame of reference for us. It's gonna let us know whereabouts. In fact, people that show up right on time, I'm, I'm always, I'm typically counting for them to be a few minutes late because <laughs> I'm always late everywhere. 
Yeah, Except for work. I've, I've, I've ended up being pretty good at being on time for work. Yeah. Now, I do still have my difficulties there, but... <laughs> um, so, how often do y'all have the uh, field meetings before y'all go out? Uh, there's usually somebody just about, you know, ideally you like to have somebody there every day because, you know, people's schedules are different and some go out different days. And okay. So, we, we get to go out, I think I told you, like Wednesdays and Thursdays usually, and uh, every other Friday and every other Monday sometimes because of our work schedule. Usually there's somebody there every day. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes we have afternoon times and then we have evening times. Okay. So, yeah. So, what days do, do y'all have a set routine when y'all go out? Uh, usually Wednesday and Thursday is a pretty regular day for us that, uh, that we can usually stay consistent with. Saturdays. Okay. And uh, the other days kind of revolve around our work that that we have to kind of consider too. That's why we go every other Friday because we have to work every other Friday. So what do y'all do for a living? We clean. Okay. We clean. Yeah. Okay. It helps us to be flexible too. Because usually it's in the evening where we can do this during the day. And then we can do that in the evening. So, so is it your, y'all's company? Uh, yeah, technically, you know, we have a company okay. name. It's a small company, right? <laughs> okay. But it's just y'all too? Yes, it's just Awesome. Well, that's good. So, entrepreneurs. Yeah. That's good. I like, it's very, um, it's very nice to see. And so y'all started that specifically so that y'all could um, be able to do this and that at the same time. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's great. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because um, I was a, a service manager for a pest control company. And um, and so uh, we, I've been trying to start my own company for a while because I want to have the freedom to be able to meet up with people and and uh, talk through the Bible and um, and then so my friend and I have um, my friend asked me to come help him with his company and so um, that's when I transitioned out of the pest control and now I'm working for him but kind of doing my own thing on different things so that I have the freedom to uh, move my schedule around and uh, like right now yeah, this is work time but I can stop and, and talk with you guys and I've got another guy coming over at noon today uh, a guy from our church uh, okay he's gonna come over and, and we're gonna talk and have a little Bible study as well and okay. Okay. so I, I admire that very very deeply yeah so well, make room for the more important things, right? Yeah. So. so I jumped in and I read all the way through. Um, I read all the way through um, chapter eight. Oh, that, that publication. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. So, um, and then the rest of it, I didn't really quite finish because there were some things that I was. Um, kind of hung up on. Uh-huh. And so, um, and I feel like we we had a pretty good brief overview of 9 through 19 and that just mm-hmm. over the, um, the uh, gospel presentation that y'all gave the other night when we mm-hmm. talked, mm-hmm. Um, where I kind of got... Um, uh, 
kind of hung up on mm -hmm. was on the chapter of, I mean, there was some stuff that I didn't really agree with mm -hmm. throughout, but uh, where I really got hung up on was on the uh, chapter four, the Who is Jesus chapter. Yes. So that's why I would love to kind of focus in our attention on on that chapter. Um, so anyways, if we look at if you guys have your Bible, if we could turn real quick to Acts chapter 17. <clears throat> notes in a couple of different places. I didn't, my wife accidentally, I left my, my notebook in my car. That's where I keep all my notes and my wife went to work. So I've got, she sent me a picture of my pages of notes. So, and then I had to jot some, so I've got it all over the place. Um, so uh, right here in Acts 17 chapter, uh, Chapter 17, verses um, 10 through 15, um, it says, The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas by way, or by, away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into, Jerusalem, or into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if the things were so. Uh, I guess just 10 and 11. So, whenever Paul came to the Jews and he went to Berea, um, Luke records that they were more noble than all the other Jews because they took what Paul was saying and they exam they dove into the scriptures because they didn't want to just take some, um, some guy off the street named Paul and take his word for what he was saying. They wanted to take what Paul said and line it up with what God has already spoken. And the Bible, um, Luke commends them for this. And so that's what I would really like to do is take what, uh, what we've read through the, um, from the, the Watchtowers stuff and examine the scriptures to, um, to hold the Watchtower to the same court of arbitration as we do the Apostle Paul, which is the scriptures. Is, would y'all agree that that's a... Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so as we dive into the scriptures, um, every week um, with our... Hey, Shane, please, please sit still. Every week we get together on Wednesdays and we have a Bible study. Uh, Wednesday nights uh, at 6.30. And, um, but before we dive into the scriptures, we always take a moment and pray to ask God to show us because we don't want to just we, and we always pray very specifically that don't let us read into scripture things that aren't there but let us Holy Spirit God let your spirit change our hearts to wrestle with the text and to where we bend to the text not so that the text bends to our thinking mm -hmm. and so I would like to take a moment and just pray for us and let us ask God to guide our time in the scriptures so let's pray real quick Dear Jehovah God, I pray that as we examine the scriptures, my friend Joe and Iris and myself, that 
as we dig into your word, we pray that you would reveal truth to us. We believe that you have spoken. All three of us believe that, that the Bible is your word. That you have revealed yourself and you are a good God. And if you have spoken, you will not contradict yourself. You will not lie. You cannot lie because you are good and perfect. And a good and perfect God cannot lie. And so God, Jehovah God, as we dig into the scriptures, I pray that you would illuminate the truth in our hearts so that we can see you for who you are. Why? Why were you praying to Jehovah God? Jehovah God, He is God. Oh. That's God the Father. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if we look at Galatians 1 6. <laughs> that's one thing I have learned is that Jehovah's. I, I don't really know a whole lot about Jehovah's Witnesses. And I'm trying to learn. But this yeah. is one thing that I've learned is that y'all love the Bible. And so, mm -hmm. uh, and that is very, because it, it's truth. And we believe that God is good. And if he has spoken, he cannot contradict himself. Because if he contradicts himself, he's not a perfect God. He's not all good God. And if a good God lies, then you need to run away from that God. Um, but we believe that God has spoken, and he hasn't lied, so that's why we follow him. So, Paul... No, hold on. Paul tells the Galatians in Galatians 1.6, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and who want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. So, we believe that God's word is God's word. And God... We know that God created, and man fell, and God promised a Savior, and he sent that Savior, and the Savior is Christ. And this was the gospel that Paul preached. And so, when I see, when I read Galatians 1.6, and I know that there is, there's obviously a gospel, and right here, there's, a, there's counterfeit gospels. There is only one truth. It is logically impossible, like we talked last week, for... Um, two people to be right with conflicting ideas. And so, here, Paul warns us that there are contrary Gospels. And so, what we need to do is take what everyone is saying and hold them to the Scripture. And because if, if everything that we have learned through, the, that I have learned through the Scriptures, if this is contrary to Scripture then I want to reject it and run away. And if the Jehovah's Witnesses are serving the true God, that is not the God of biblical Christianity. They, they cannot coexist. The historic tr traditional Christianity, the God of Christianity and the God of 
the Jehovah's Witnesses cannot coexist because they say two very different things. And so if, if that God is the false God, I want to run from it. And I want to, I would join the Jehovah's Witnesses with um, arm in arm, and I would advance that kingdom just as faster than anybody else can. But the same has to apply on the other side. If that is the false God of the Jehovah's Witnesses, I want to run as quick as I can away from it and run to the true God. Because there is only one true God, and at the end of the day, if I'm not serving him, then it's all lost. So, and so Paul warns us, and so we know that the Bereans, if we believe this is God's words, we know that the Bereans were more noble than all the other Jews because they examined the scriptures, the whole Paul, the apostle, uh, one who saw Christ when Christ kicked him off his donkey and said, why are you persecuting me? Paul saw Christ and Christ called him to minister, minister for himself. And so Paul was an apostle and they even held him to the scriptures. So that's what I want to do with the watchtower. So with, when I was reading this, um, you get to, and, and then lastly, we read in Matthew 24, 35, that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Mm-hmm. So we know that God's word, God is going to preserve his word for us. So the big, the foundation for my, my issue when I was reading through this, and kind of why I stopped reading through the book is because I got hung up on this issue, and it's a huge issue, and I couldn't really get past it. So I just kind of stopped reading and started studying. Mm-hmm. Um, in the New World Translation, John 1 1 it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was uh, and the word was God Um, but in can you read that from the new world um, Mm -hmm. verses 1 and 2 yeah it says in the the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was a God which is probably different from yours Mm -hmm. and the one was in the beginning with God first two verses. Okay. So, but if we jump over, if y'all can turn to Isaiah 43, 10. Should I hit guys off the table? I'm sorry, I didn't ask if y'all wanted anything to drink. Oh, good. Thank you. Okay. Isaiah 43, 10. Uh-huh. Isaiah 43, So, God here is talking through Isaiah, and he says, um, 43, 10 and 11, says, You are my witnesses, declare the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be after me. I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. So... Right there, that is the biggest chasm between historic Christianity and Jehovah's Witnesses 
is the conflict between these two verses. Um, it can't get any bigger than this because Jehovah Witnesses, from what I understand, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, is that Jesus is a created being and is now a God. Whereas God said that, and, and is the Savior, but God said that besides me there is no God. There was no God, no God before me was formed, neither shall there be after me. Besides me there is no Savior. So if God said what he said, then how is there multiple gods? So in Isaiah... Who do you think that that's referred to there? That's that's the scripture that we read just a moment ago. Um, himself. Uh, Jehovah, or himself, Jesus. Because, you know, because, uh, just like we, hey, I'm about to send y'all to your room if y'all can't stop. If I have to tell you one more time, y'all are going to go to your room. Right, so just like the first time we were here, we said that, uh, remember we shared Psalm 8, 3, 18, says, you alone are the most high over all the earth, and his name is Jehovah. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how we know the guy has a name. Yes. And so when we talk about God, that's who we're talking about. We're talking about Jehovah. So, you know, when we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about God's son. So that's the reason I was just trying to clarify. Because some believe that Jesus is God, and if, uh, if that's the case, well, then it's going to be confusing if we don't figure out who we're talking about. Because mm -hmm. I'll be talking about Jehovah and, and someone else might be talking about Jesus. And, and so that's why I was wondering who you thought it referred to here in Isaiah 43, 10, 11. Is it Jehovah? Or is it Jesus? It's talking about here. Jehovah God. Mm -hmm. um, so God is referring to God mm -hmm. in general. So as, as a historic Christian, as you guys know, um, and uh, just to clarify that term because I know we had confusion on that not saying that it's a sect of Christianity when I say historic I mean just like your average run of the mill Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran or however it's been since the first the early church um, um, so we believe in essentially we believe in the Trinity and I understand that the Trinity is not a term that's found in the Bible, but um, it is what we believe the Bible describes, and it's a term that we uh, coined so that we could pack this whole big doctrine into one word. So we believe in one God who is revealed in three persons who are eternally distinct. So whenever we talk about God the Father, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we're talking about three separate persons within the Godhead. So we have one what and three who's. So essentially I could say, what are you? And you would say, I'm a human. I'm human. But if I said, who are you? You're going to just say, Joe. And so when we look at God, we say, what are you? And he is, he is God. He is a triune being. He is one singular being. And if we were to say, who are you? He is three persons. He is Father, Son, and Spirit. So we believe in one God within, or three persons within one being of God. So Christians 
are not polytheists. We do not believe in multiple gods. We do not believe that the Son is the Father, and that the Father is the Spirit, or that the Spirit is the Son. We believe that God is one Lord, like it says in Deuteronomy. I am the Lord, and um, I, the Lord, am one Lord. That's what it says in Deuteronomy. I can look at that reference for y'all. But it says that he is one Lord. And all throughout, I mean, that's something that that I don't think, and that's why there's such a chasm between Jehovah's Witnesses and, and Christians, is because we both agree that the Bible is absolutely, in a close-handed fist, holds on that there is absolutely one God. Yes. And so, when we talk about Jesus, we are talking about God, but we're not talking about God the Father. We're talking about God the Son. And so, but the Bible says, the reason why this is, that chapter was so hard for me to understand is because here Jesus says, um, I am the Lord. Um, it says, before me no God was formed, nor the shall there be after me. I am the Lord. Um, so either that is referring, um, either Jesus became a God or he was God. But if Jesus became a God, then that means that God lied back here because there was a God formed after him. But if Jesus is a person of the Trinity and always was God, then that doesn't conflict with this. It doesn't conflict with Isaiah 42, 7. It says, I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory I give to no other. Or with Isaiah 44, 6, that says, Thus says the Lord that came to Israel, I am the first, I am the last, besides me there is no God. But the Watchtower teaches that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. And so here we have to look. You're talking about multiple gods here now. And when you look at um, John 28, um, 28:18, where Jesus said, Thomas, feel my hands. Put your finger in in the holes of my hand. Touch my side. And Thomas says, "Oh, my Lord, my God." And then Jesus says, "Blessed are you. Uh, have you have you said this because you believe, uh, or have, do you believe because you've seen me? Blessed are those that do not see me and believe." But in Revelation 19, when the angel is revealing everything to John, John, uh, Revelation 19:10. The angel reveals all this stuff to John, and John bows down to worship the angel. And the angel says, no, 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 do not worship me. You only worship God because I am a servant of him just like you are. So in the Bible, Jesus accepted worship as God. In Revelation twenty-two thirteen, he says, I am the first and I am the last. I am coming soon. And John, later at the very end of that verse in 22.20, says that um, even so, come Lord Jesus. He quantifies that he, Jesus was talking to himself about, I am the first and I am the last. So you have Jesus openly accepting worship, saying, I am the first and the last. Jesus said, or God said in 44.6, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Do you see all the conflict here between... Oh, yeah, there's definitely a, some of those verses you're alluding to. We, we 
tie that in with Jehovah, because mm -hmm. uh, we, we, be, we believe that they're separate. And that's, uh, so the scripture that we're giving credit to, where you're talking about Jesus as being part of God, see, we feel that that's talking about Jehovah alone and not Jesus. Uh -huh. And I, know, I understand that Jesus, you know, we talk about Jesus, the, the God son or something like that. But Jesus never used that expression. He always said he was the son of God. He never said anything about God, son. And in the, this one scripture, where you, there in John 1, 1, the one you were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, in the beginning was the word. Jesus was referred to as the word when he was in heaven. And the word was with God. You know, just like I'm with my wife here, but we're not together as one, you know. That's why she's beside me. I'm with her. And then uh, this one in the beginning was, or excuse me, the word was a God. Uh, God, it's got little letters, G-O-D, because God, uh, there are other gods that, uh, you can be God as far as uh, being powerful, uh, like a God, you might say, or somebody might view you as, you know, in the world, there's, there's many things that people call gods. The Bible even refers to yourself, some the God of their belly, because for, for some, their personal interest, you know, that's what they give all credence to, that's like their God. So God doesn't necessarily always refer to Almighty God. That scripture in Psalm 83, 18, but when it talks about Almighty God, it's referring to just one God. Uh, because Almighty means above all other gods, or those that might be called gods. But, uh, Notice even in that scripture, and I agree, this is, this can be kind of a confusing, and it is a big difference. I'm sure I'll agree that with you there too, because there it says when people know that you, whose name is Jehovah, you, know, you alone are the most high of all the earth. But you know, if Jesus is part of God and the Holy Spirit is part of God, then. You would think they would be mentioned here when it's talking about this statement about you know, the one being alone, the most higher over all the earth. You know, you think that they would be synonymous all the time with Jehovah, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. You know, you think. Because otherwise, you know, if somebody's, so to speak, getting left out or not enough due is given to somebody that should be given due if they're one. So, so that's, and we plus, uh, we, we take Jesus at his word when he was here on the earth, and of course you've read it. Uh, Jesus always referred to himself as the, the Son of God. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, he never referred to himself as, as God, the Son. And we know that Jesus gave his life when he was here on the earth. So that begs to differ, well, who, who resurrected Jesus? If Jesus truly died, who resurrected him? And if somebody says, well, God resurrected him, well, then in essence, then Jesus never really died. And if, if Jesus is God, and uh, God was the one that resurrected him, and then Jesus truly never died, if he truly never really died, then he truly never gave his life. Just, because we mentioned he, he was sent to buy back what Adam had lost. Adam lost his life. He's not around anymore. He's, he's not in existence. So Adam truly died. 
completely, not just part of Adam. And so Jesus was sent to you know, buy back with Adam and all. So, so Jesus had to die completely too, not just part way. And so, and then there are scriptures where Jesus was praying to his Father. Well, that little scripture I read there in Matthew about, uh, they call it the Lord's Prayer, our yeah. Father in the heavens. Mm -hmm. Jesus truly was God, and, and, uh, and who was he praying to? Part of himself that's up in heaven. Uh, well, he is praying to a, another person of the Godhead. So we believe in one God, yes, but we don't believe. And see, this is where back um, the early Christian creeds, the um, could be could be off on the, the Council of Trent, but it. It addressed where they were saying that Jesus, or that God becomes Jesus, God becomes the Spirit, or God becomes the Father, based He exists in different modes, which is referred to as modalism, and that's something that the Christians have always rejected: um, is that God is a modalist, that He, it, that He becomes the Son, He becomes the Father. He's not. He's not one God just constantly changing hats based on what's going on in the scriptures, but that he, there's one God, he has always been God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, always existed in three personages. It's something that, that we can kind of apprehend a little bit, kind of wrap your head around it, and any illustration that you give, like if you try to um, pull out different, uh, analogies, they're all going to break down because they don't work because it is a incomprehensible God. He is so far above us that we can't even comprehend. He has revealed in the scripture that he is one God, one Lord. And, and we both agree on that wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is Jesus accepts worship from Thomas. And um, and you see very clearly in Revelation, John reject or the angel sharply. Re we can read this real quick. Revelation nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Revelation nineteen ten. And it says, the angel said to me, "Write this. Blessed are those." who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he, said, um, and he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And in John... Um, 20 verse 8 or verse uh, in John 20, 28 then he said to Thomas put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side do not disbelieve but believe Thomas answered him my Lord and my God Jesus said to him have you believed because you have been uh, because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me yet believe. So here Jesus freely 
accepts worship as God from Thomas. And the angel rejected worship from, from John and said, no, 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 you don't worship me. You worship God alone. So if Jesus is a good and perfect man, then he would never receive worship as God because he's not a perfect man. If he is a, he's not a good teacher, if he's drawing men after himself, if he's not God, then he is, we should run from Jesus because he's not perfect. He's drawing people to himself, and that's pride. That's the same error that Satan made. Satan wanted God's glory, and God said, my glory I will not give to another. But Jesus accepts worship as God. So is Jesus now... Let me see if I can find some information on that, because we've dealt with that question before, too. All these questions you have are the same ones people always bring up. But there's, there's other instances in the Bible where, uh, where Jesus always directed attention away from himself, always to his Father. Mm -hmm. So, and although that one scripture seems like he's accepting... What was the scripture you referred to for Jesus, uh, Thomas? Matthew 20, 28. Therefore, since I have wanted to pay them. Okay, so. Okay. And in case you're wondering, I'm just going on the site here. Oh, no, you're fine. Because they've written articles that kind of address these questions that people kind of in common have. Matthew 20, 28. Mm hmm. Obviously, 
And I hope that y'all y'all know that I'm not trying to oh, be no, contentious. No, I understand. But that yeah, I mean, that's what you want to I, us too. I wholly believe that. Yeah. Uh, I just want to give you the best interest. Oh yeah. Exclamation that John 20 28 proved that Jesus is truly God. Because Thomas answered, as you read there, my Lord and my God. And I'll just read this here, okay? And you can, sure. And then we can, we can talk about it a little bit. It says, There is no objection to referring to Jesus as God if this is what Thomas had in mind. Such would be in harmony with Jesus' own quotation from the Psalms in which powerful men, judges, were addressed as gods. That's the point I was making. Gods can be given to other things as a title. Of course, Christ occupies a position far higher than such men. Because of the uniqueness of his position in relation to Jehovah at John 1.18, Jesus is referred to as the only begotten of God. Uh, Isaiah 9.6 also prophetically describes Jesus as mighty God, but not as the almighty all of this is in harmony with Jesus being described as a God or a divine, which is the footnote there, John 1 1, says a God, footnote says divine. Uh, the context helps us to draw the right conclusion from this. Shortly before Jesus' death, Thomas had heard Jesus' prayer in which he addressed his Father as the only true God in John 17 3. After Jesus' resurrection, Jesus had sent a message to his apostles, including Thomas, in which he had said, I am sending to my God and your God. After recording what Thomas said when he actually saw and touched the resurrected Christ, the Apostle John said, See, you are written, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So if anyone has concluded from Thomas' exclamation that Jesus is himself the only true God, or that Jesus is a Trinitarian God, the Son, he needs to look again at what Jesus himself said in verse 17 at the conclusion that is clearly stated by the Apostle John there in verse 31. So I guess it's in the same area there, John chapter 20, I guess. Let's see. When you're done with your 
they start claiming the name for I have not yet ascended to the Father. I go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and your God. It's kind of a context of some of this conversation here. So, but to see, that's not the only example. You have Exodus 3.14, where God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And then John 8, uh, verse, um, John 8, John 8, 58 and 59, after Jesus is done talking to the um, Israelites, um, so John 8, 58 and 59, Jesus said to them, um, no, 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 56, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and you have seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And the Greek in there is the same Greek translation, the Greek Septuagint, so the for uh, Exodus uh, 3.14, it says, Ego ami. Ego ami. Um, so he says, Truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, Ego ami, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. Because Jesus, um, they knew exactly what he meant. Jesus claimed to be, I am. And they, they knew exactly what was going on here. They picked up stones to kill him. Jesus said, I am. And then, um, and then also in, um, yeah. So what do you do with that? Well, Jesus, he was telling them he did exist before coming to the earth as a human. He was in heaven before that. So yeah, he, he did exist before that. Uh, God's God's name actually means he causes to become. That's what that's what he was telling Moses there. What his name means, Jehovah means. So that's what he was telling him there. But just, just one more thought. My wife was looking up. Just to add to the part about Thomas's exclamation there. Uh, it says, then, why then one may ask that Thomas explain when seeing the resurrected Jesus, my Lord and my God. Uh, it's already know that Jesus is a God in the sense of being divine, but he is not the Father. Jesus had just told Mary Magdalene, I am sending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Uh, remember, too, why John wrote his gospel. Three verses after the account about Thomas, John explained that he wrote so that people may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and uh, that he is God. So, 
So, again, we take Jesus, uh, we take Jesus at His word, and uh, just like you're bringing out these scriptures that, that uh, seem to be contradictory if, if Jesus was not God. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of scriptures too that, that kind of go the other way. Just like I was saying, Jesus praying to His Father. You know, uh, it seemed like He's talking to Himself. And then the scripture talked about two in Colossians one fifteen. It shows that Jesus had a beginning, but God didn't have a beginning. So they were always one. You might say, how can one come into existence later on? And the other one was already there. So Colossians one fifteen says there that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Creation is something that didn't exist, but then it was created. Mm-hmm. So. Because he was a firstborn? That's, that's referred, yeah, he's firstborn. And just like you have a firstborn, what does that mean? That means the, the first child you had between you and your wife. So let's jump on that. So, so if we're looking at firstborn, um, let's look at um, Genesis 41 52. While we're on firstborn, Vanessa. Uh, 4151. Um... Let's start at 50. Before the year of the famine, two sons were born to Joseph. Uh, Asenath, uh, the daughter of Potiphar's wife, uh, or priest of On. Uh, no, daughter of, daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, and bore to him. Uh, Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For he said, God has made me forget all of my hardships in my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim. For God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. But let's jump over to Jeremiah 31, 9. Let's see what Jeremiah says about Ephraim. they shall come, and with pleas for mercy, I will lead them back. I will make them walk by boots of water um, in a straight path which they shall not stumble, for I am my father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. So, firstborn is speaking of preeminent. And it has the same thing with David in Psalm 89-27. It's talking about the uh, it calls David the firstborn. And in Samuel 16, 10 through 13, we obviously know that David was the youngest of the thing. But it refers to David as the firstborn. Mm-hmm. And here, Ephraim is the firstborn. And the Bible refers to Israel as the firstborn. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that's not so. They are preeminent. So Jesus is not 
a created being who was just the first created thing. You'll have to add to that text where in uh, Colossians 1, uh, 14 through 16, where it says that he is, um, he exists before all other things. The, the text reads that he exists before all things. Christ is the firstborn. He's the preeminent one. He's preeminent over all of creation. And through him, nothing was made that was made. Uh, like I said, I have to research the, the, the thought about the firstborn, but I know that sometimes firstborn doesn't always mean the exact, the first lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can't, you can't use the term firstborn as proof that Jesus was created. Well, it's not just the term firstborn, it's the thought of all creation. Well, what do you do? What do you do with Revelation twenty-two thirteen, where Jesus? This is Jesus speaking. He says, "Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. That is Jehovah God. Yes, the first and the last, the beginning and the end." Revelation 20, which one? Uh, Revelation 20, verse 13. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And it continues, this is a dialogue. And then right at the end of this chapter, um, in verse 20, it says, He who testifies to these things says, Surely, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The one speaking here, who claimed to be Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, is none other than Jesus the Christ. And if Jesus is not God, then he just blasphemed the holy God because here he says I am the Alpha and Omega it does not get any clearer than this okay it's 2013 or 22 yeah, uh, sorry 22 <laughs> I, I misspoke <laughs> Uh, 22, verse 13, and then on to 20. And you have to see why you were sitting here thinking about all these. And although we've covered all these in our study, uh, unfortunately I can't remember all the points, so it can be as, be as uh, concise as I want to be. You know, I can look them up because, you know, these questions we've entertained too study them and there's reasons there's reasons but I can't give you a, a concise one because I haven't uh, well you're prepared to know what you're talking you're going to talk about I was so that's why I, if I'm kind of reaching it's because I'm, I'm kind of playing if I hear you might say it's for mm -hmm. these points that you're bringing out so that's fine that's fair but I have to I can um, you know now that I know these scriptures that you're Mentioning, you know, I can always go and look up some more concise information that, uh, that I 
could base uh, my thoughts on. But, and so I'm not trying to ignore your thing there, I just can't give you, with the lack of preparation, I can't give you the best answer I can right now. Do you have texting but, uh, on your phone? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, if you want to text me those scriptures, yeah, okay. I can look at those. And, and I have them all typed up right here. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and, uh, that way I can kind of do the best answer I can. I'm going to, do you get uh, pictures on your phone? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to send you, because yeah. uh, some of it's handwritten. In the meantime, let me, let me see if I can find some of the scriptures as to why we feel there's separate people. There's one that, let me see if I can find it here. I think it was one we were looking at earlier, it was a cross reference. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it here. And these are just some scriptures. Yeah, John 1, 18, that's, uh, you know, John 1, 1 is the one we were looking at earlier. Mm -hmm. The beginning was the word. And then John 1, 18, of course, it's the same Bible book a little bit, a little bit further down. It's referring, it says that no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten God is at the Father's side, is the one who has explained it. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we see that thought of there about no man has seen God, but people on earth have seen Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, one, that's one scripture where we, we draw the conclusion that, well, they have to be separate because all the people have seen Jesus. But uh, if he were truly God, and they would say, no one has seen there would be some kind of, no one has seen God, but they have seen God the Son. Uh -huh. It just says no one has seen God. So that's one scripture. It seems to indicate two people. And then there was a, another one here that, that I always think about too that helps me to, to feel that there are two different people. Let me see what I can find. So, no man seen God at any time. The only begotten God, who is at the Father's side, is the one who has explained it. So, if God says that no man has seen God at any time, if Jesus was a man, he just contradicted himself. Because if he has seen God, well, it says no one has seen him. With their eyes, God. But people have seen Jesus. Well, Jesus saw God, I mean, because, but Jesus was a man. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus, of course, Jesus saw God. He's the one that explains the Father to us because he has seen him, so to speak. He knows him, too. But as far as the scripture talking about, someone has physically seen God at any time. And that's why we need someone to explain it to him, someone who has seen him. Jesus. Yeah, there must be something wrong between our two translations because mine reads, no one has ever seen God, the only God, capital G, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. 
But yours reads, No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God, little g, who is at the Father's side. That's what the kingdom inner render says. Because here it's calling the one at his side is the only God. Big G.
But Jesus, God says here, Therefore God has highly exalted him, speaking of Christ, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and on in heaven, God's in heaven, and on earth, God's on earth, and under the earth, God is all places, that every tongue confess Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How can God give a mere creature a name that is above every name? He doesn't qualify this by saying a name that is above all names except for mine. He says, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Still doesn't answer how you keep the secret from yourself if you're that same person. Because right here, it says that Jesus, um, who, who though he was in the form of God, this is Philippians 2 who is in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. Jesus emptied himself. So Jesus, being fully God, he emptied himself of his attributes. And Jesus said, I can't do anything unless the Father, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I don't know, like, yeah, that's all through the scripture. He only did what the Father told him to do. And whenever he was in a crowd, they touched his garment. He's like, who touched me? Well, he's God. He should know all this, right? But Philippians tells us that he emptied himself and humbled himself, taking on the form of a servant. He emptied himself of the attributes of God, and he fully relied on God the Father to sustain him, to lead him, and to work through him. Because, because we believe in one God and three persons. So God the Son, the person of God, came down. But God is still enthroned on high. And God gave him the name that is above every name, so that every knee should bow and every tongue confess. Because we believe that God has always existed and nothing came into being without him. He is the one that's spoken, and everything left into existence. We believe in God. There was never a point when God wasn't. The Bible says in Psalm 90, verse 2, that from everlasting to everlasting, I am God. And it says in Isaiah 42, 8, that my glory I will give to no other. But here, Jesus, God gave him the name that is above every name, so that every knee would bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And then in Revelation uh, the angel, re or John rejects the angel's worship, but Jesus says, or the angel rejects worship from a human. But Jesus, God gave Jesus the name above every name. G God calls people to worship for every, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God put Jesus above us to worship him. And God said he will not share his glory 
So either Jesus is God, or Jesus is Satan trying to steal God's power, God's glory, God's worship, God's creation. So either God is the Savior, like he says in Isaiah 44, that besides me there is no Savior, either Jesus is the Savior, or Jesus is an imposter. Jesus is either a liar, he either lied about who he said he was, he's either a lunatic, completely mad, and willingly went to his death thinking he was something he was not, or he is God. And so that's our only three options. And so what... What? Or Jesus is separate from God. Jesus, but Jesus, Jesus, is Jesus Jesus said, Jesus is the means that God uses for all other people will be saved in that life that He gave. But Jesus so. accepts worship as God. From Thomas, He accepted worship, or God gave Him worship. And in Revelation twenty-two, He said, "I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last." Jesus Christ said that. So, so he was either who he said he is, or he is not who he said he is. And I'm sorry if my yeah. Oh no, no. I'm just real quick. So sure. I. Um, I tend to be a very passionate person, sure, I'm and whenever sure. I'm talking and and get on, I get very lively. So please don't oh, mistake good. the inflections in my voice as no, um, contentiousness. It is just no, I very much so revere the Word of God, and I want to follow the real God, and I get very passionate about that. So, where did you find this grouping in the other Bibles from John one eighteen? The end of the year, you were going to put that up. John 1 18. I was looking for the Uh, 
we appreciate very much that you want to share what you come to believe to be the truth. That should be the responsibility and the obligation of all of you. We feel you have something that's, that's true, and we have obligation to share that. That's the same reason that we're out here trying to do the same thing. And, uh, and all these scriptures that you highlight, well, so we look at them just a little bit differently, which, uh, which because uh, just like Jesus, there's another scripture you can read where Jesus said, The Father is greater than I am. So that shows uh, the equality here that you no, think. Real quick, so, on that. So, it says he is greater. It does not say he is better than I. It doesn't say he is more exalted than I. Um, are, all, are you and your wife equal? Are y'all equal um, in, in value and worth and in person? Are we equal in what? Value and worth and like y'all are, um, you're just as much human as your wife is human, yes? Right. And me and, and my daughter, um, and she may have a disability, but is she as equal as I am? Like we are equals, we're humans. Whether, and that's why we as Christians value human life from we, we fight for uh, pro-life because we, abortion is an abomination because that's murder. They're killing people that have the image of God written on their hearts. And that's why people with disabilities and everything. So, is, the, is Barack Obama uh, better than my daughter? No. Is Barack Obama greater than my daughter? Yes. Because he holds a higher office. He is, he is greater than I am. He's greater than you are. He's greater than her. And I disagree very much so with Barack Obama. But God has set him up, and he is greater than I. So when the Bible says that the Son is greater, or the Father is greater than the Son, just like Jesus emptied himself and became a servant and didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So it's not saying there that God is better than Jesus. It says that God the Father is greater than Jesus. God is still up in heaven running things and directing the Son. And the Son says the Father is greater than I. He does not say the Father is better than I. Well, Jesus also said that the one sent forth, the one sending is greater than the one sent forth. Jesus said he was sent. Mm -hmm. so, the Father, so Jesus, Jesus, yeah, so Jesus submits wholly to the Father. He loves the Father. And the Father loves the Son. And he sends the Son just like just like in our house. Um, we believe very much so. Um, and I'm not sure if the Jehovah's Witnesses do or not. But we believe in male headship in the home. Um, is that the same for you? Yeah, headship already. Yeah, we believe very much so in headship. And so my wife, she submits to my leading. And she will... Um, she will offer her insights. She will this, but and and I value her opinion, and we talk through things. And sometimes she tells me stuff, and and I sway my decision based on what she says. I value her, but there have been times where my wife has said, "Look, I don't think this is where the way we need to go, but I'm trusting you to lead us, just like Jesus did in the garden." He says, oh, "God." Please take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. 
And my kids, they listen to me. They, they follow my instruction and they submit to me because I lead this family because I've been set up by God to lead this family. And, but that does not change our equality. There is none of us that are less human, none of us less valuable than Vanessa is no less a human than I am. Shane is no less a human than I am. And my wife is no less. We are equal in value, dignity, and worth. But I lead this. And God, there, if God leads the son, and the son commits the father, marriage is a picture of the gospel. And God has that all set up to where he leads the son. And he sends his spirit to comfort. There's nothing, there's no conflict there with the father submitting to the sons, or the son, excuse me, I misspoke. Nothing wrong there with the son submitting to the father's will. Just like there's no conflict. And because people will take, you, that's why you have the world and the feminist movements, because like, oh, man, is domineering and they just want to take, no, that's not the whole purpose of men being the head of their wife is so that the wife can thrive because we were designed for two different purposes. And God the Father, God the Son, they're two personages of the three personages of God. And the Son submits to the Father and is led by the Father. That does not make him less God. Just like your wife submitting to you does not make her less human. She is equally human with you. But there is a hierarchy. I can see that context there where that reason. But even uh, what you were saying earlier, Jesus, when he was about to die, he said, uh, you know, take this cup for me, but not as I will, but as you will. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it seemed to indicate two different, you know, two different things. Yeah. Although Jesus yeah. really, like he says, it's next to the Nothing I need to say. Nothing uh, So that kind of seems to denote a difference. And plus, you know, what you're saying as far as humans, yeah, we're all, in the sense of how ourselves human, we are all well equal. But we're talking about where Jesus is God. He said the Father's greater than Are you greater than yourself? We're just, we're not talking about you as comparison to someone else. We're talking about what makes you, you. Yeah, you see, that's say, where you're getting into. You to say that I'm greater than this part of me over here, but I'm not greater than this part. And see, a modalist would have that problem. Because if you have a God, so what does that, God what does that term mean? Because I know you said that a couple of times and I had to admit I'm not familiar with okay. um, So modalist belief in one God who reveals himself in three different people. But God is not, God the Father, that God is not simultaneously the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They believe that a God who reveals himself as Father and then reveals himself as the Son, and then reveals himself as the Spirit. So it's almost as if he can have, so God has three separate hats. And so God all throughout the Old Testament, okay, I'm going to put on my Father hat. And then when Jesus, when God sends uh, Jesus to the earth, takes off his, um, he takes off his God hat, or his Father hat, and then grabs his Son hat, puts it on, and now he's the Son. And then... If I don't go away, the comforter can't come. So then he takes this away, and then he picks up the 
but the Holy Spirit's hat. And then the Holy Spirit, and then, oh wait, God needs to speak, he takes off that hat and puts on the Father's hat and takes that. And so that's not what we're saying, because that would be a huge conflict. Is that what a modalist believes? Yes, that's what a modalist believes. Well, I'm not talking about that, though. But what I'm saying... is that they're all simultaneously together, right? Right. So one was... So that's what I'm saying. If we're all simultaneous, meaning... Me, three and one and me. Okay, that's the fact I know. It's greater than me, but it's, it's part of me. No, I'm not saying. Like part of you is greater than another part of you. And you're all one. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but he's, you have one God revealed in three persons who are equal in value, dignity, and worth. So humans are singular, finite beings. We came into existence. And we, and quite frankly, the idea, I'm sure you guys like have, I know growing up as a kid, sometimes I would sit there and I, and I had this thought in my head forever. And then I'd almost have a panic attack just thinking about always going on. Have you, have you all had that moment? I think everyone that believes in eternity. It's hard for us to grab, you're right. Yeah, you, and then, but literally sometimes my heart would race. And I remember as a kid being, terrified of eternity because like just a concept that 20 billion years from now this is still going to be going and I'm going to be no closer to the end than when I first started like my heart would race um, and so you have We are finite beings, and we can't even begin, like, we, we freak out and almost have a panic attack, and even just the thought of eternity. But God is an eternal being. He is completely other than we are. He, he is so high above us, and I think we would agree that unless he spoke, we couldn't even begin to know him. And so God Out. Out. is a, he says there's only one God, but he is revealed uh, in Acts 5 whenever um, Ananias and Sapphira lie about their gift. Peter says, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? Uh, you know, did you not know the full price of land? You have not lied to me, but to God. There he calls the Holy Spirit God. And we see Jesus um, God gave him the name above every name. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, and everything that we've just talked through. Jesus is revealed as God. And God the Father, there's no question that he's revealed as God. And so if you have three persons revealed as God, and we know that there's only one God, that is a triune being. It's one singular God who exists in three persons. It's not something we can comprehend. We may be able to apprehend it somewhat. But it's one singular God that has three persons that are perfect in fellowship, unity, and love. And so they can talk to each other. There's no conflict with the Son praying to the Father because they are all three part of the God, but they're three separate persons. So, yes, it would be weird to say that I am greater than myself. I am a singular uh, human being. I'm, I'm a... I'm not a triune being. When you're talking about God, you're talking about a being that exists in three persons. So if a person 
within the Godhead submits to the other person, that there's no conflict there. He can pray, they can fellowship, they can love, and they can create. And what God says in the beginning, let us create man in our image. Not his physical image. We're not going to go off into the heresy that the Mormons go in. God is spirit. The spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. Just like Jesus said. So there is no conflict in there with God praying to himself. Because it wasn't God the Father praying to God the Father, God the Spirit praying to God the Spirit. It was God the Son praying to God the Father. And so there is no conflict there. Well, Trey, like I said, I appreciate you giving us an opportunity because I told you before not many people do. And if you're going to make a decision on something, it should be an informed So I appreciate that you search the scripture diligently and uh, so that you can arrive at what you consider to be the truth. We've really done the same thing. But I guess it comes down to that we're going to have to agree to disagree with what it comes down to. Uh, as strongly as you feel that, uh, what you're saying, uh, you know, we feel this is strong enough. Uh, we interpret the scriptures too. So, like you were saying earlier, there's a chasm. <laughs> doesn't mean that we dislike you, and I hope you don't dislike us. No. That's not the case at all. I wouldn't have invited you in my home. Yeah. I knew yeah. that there was going to be. Um, and irreconcilable gap between our beliefs. I knew I didn't know what that was because I didn't know, but I knew that that existed. And I invite you, just like the more I'm very, very fluent on Mormon theology too. Yeah. And I invite the Mormons in, and I love them. I work with Mormons. So while you guys believe very differently, and I believe you're wrong wholeheartedly, you guys are humans created in the image of God. And I want y'all to know the truth, just like y'all want me to know the truth. Sure. And so, of course, I would invite y'all in my home, and y'all are always welcome in my home. Well, I appreciate that. Because uh, more likely, you know, witnesses, as you know, periodically we come around. And I'm sure at some point, if not us, it'll be somebody else. And uh, maybe they'll have something. We appreciate that they'll be sharing. But uh, I guess the main thing we're trying to, to accomplish is, is that... You know, even Jesus, when he was on the earth, you know, he didn't make people believe. He did his best to present the truth as, of course, as he knew it to be. And then people had to make their own choice. And that's the case with all of us. But you know, one day, as you know, one day we're all going to know for sure what's true and what's not true. And we look forward to that day. And you know, I always tell people, you know, I don't care who's right, just so long as we get it right. And someday, Truly understand uh, what the Bible means. Okay. We'll go from there. But until then, you know, we're gonna have unfortunately we're gonna have differences. Okay. But it doesn't mean that we have to be enemies or, or you know, look at look at other in a bad way. Uh, you know, we we give dignity to all people. Yeah. But we realize that they that you have freedom to do. We just appreciate opportunities where you know we can share the truth that we have and we share the truth that you have. And we just appreciate having that opportunity and we hope in the future you know, we can do maybe something similar. But I think yeah, exactly. but as you know, you know there's there's a big difference there. Mm -hmm. And 
and uh, it's one of those things that it's kind of fundamental. And if you can't get past that, well, then the rest is not going to be place either. So, yeah. So, real quick before you leave, if y'all can give me five minutes. I just want to encourage y'all, just like you just did to me, real quick. Okay, sure. Okay. So, Jehovah's Witnesses believe in uh, eternal paradise and that we'll have a second chance or whatnot if, if we're good people and are pursuing it, or if we haven't had a chance to hear, we're going to get a chance to respond to God, right? Uh, yeah, everybody has a chance for life okay and so um, so would I be one of those that makes the resurrection of the wicked and the righteous so uh, that's not as you can appreciate you know, that's not for me to say right. you know that's not within my realm so what would I have to do to guarantee that I would you know God looks for sincere people well, you get the example of Paul. You remember Paul used to be a persecutor of Christians. Oh, yeah. Because he sincerely thought that was right. And so, you know, God could see that, you know, Paul with a little adjustment, you know, he'd be pointed, he'd be, he's a good person, he just had to be kind of turned in the right way. So, so he was given that opportunity, really. So, so, you know, that's what God looks for. He looks for sincere people. Because we can all be, I think you would agree too, we can all be sincerely wrong. We say it so strongly, but we could be wrong. And uh, God knows that. Uh, so he gives us an opportunity to to, uh, to be adjusted as it were. And then there's those like Satan. He knew what was right and wrong. There was no sincerely wrong. And he made a choice to be a rebel. And so obviously God deals with him different so, so yeah, those I, I believe that those that are sincere, whether they're right or wrong, God gives them opportunities. Although you can't speak for God, yeah, I can't believe. Yeah, I can't speak. Yeah, I'm so, glad I don't have that responsibility. <laughs> yes, that's good. So, in contrast, as Christians, we believe, and this is why I'm so passionate about it, and I want to talk, and I want to invite you home because we as Christians believe in eternal conscience conscious punishment and so it would be the greatest act of hatred that if I didn't present what I believe as the truth to you if I believe that um, as this world comes to the end if you don't accept Jesus as the one who he said that he was then for all of eternity you won't just cease to exist but you would exist in eternal conscious punishment and so that's why I want to give you a quick encouragement on my end because it would be very hateful if I didn't. Um, because I love you guys. I'm so glad that you guys are in your home and I want to serve the true God. Um, but I do want to encourage you with this real quick. Okay. Um, because I care for your souls and your life. Uh, because me, there's not a whole lot, with y'all's theology, there's not a whole lot banking on me. Like either God will see that I'm sincerely looking for truth, which I think I am. Uh, and he'll give me another chance after I die, um, after I take a good nap, a much-needed nap, <laughs> eternal sleep. <laughs> uh, or God will just take his pencil, as it were, erase me out of existence, 
and I will never even know the difference. So I'm okay either way. Um, Christian theology, you're either right or you're wrong, and that has eternal ramifications. So in Romans 8, 18, it says, For I consider the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing. And, and please, it may, this might come across as a hard word, but I love you, and please listen. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revelation of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to fruit, fruit to futility, not willing, but because of him who was subjected, who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and the redemption of our bodies. Uh, for in this we are now saved. Um, uh, I'm so sorry. I am not reading the, the right passage, although that's a, that's a great, great passage. Uh, and we both agree with that. Here we go. Romans 1, 18. Uh, for, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to him, uh, to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up to the lusts of their hearts to uh, gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creation, the creature, rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for that women exchanged natural. Uh, uh, natural relations no, that's going off into other things but because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the cre creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen so I would encourage you guys God has revealed himself and he has made it plain that every person is without excuse there's not a single innocent person in the world not even the, the person in an unreached village um, the aborigines, like, who have no, they have enough proof of who God is, but they exchange it for the for a lie and worship creation rather than Creator. And it sounds like the Jehovah's Witnesses' hope is in paradise, and not in 
the creator God who humbled himself and became a man and redeemed human beings. And the Bible says that men actively suppress the truth, kind of like taking a basketball into the pool and holding it under the water. I have plainly laid out to you guys the clarity of the scriptures today. Uh, and I've sent you all the references, and I've shown you the clarity where Jesus is who he revealed himself to be. And I would encourage y'all to not suppress the truth, to let the Bible speak for itself, not to let... Um, if you notice, I didn't take you to commentaries. I didn't take you to all these different things. We went straight to the text of the Bible, and we weren't out. We weren't influenced by outside things. We took and compared Scripture with Scripture. And I would encourage you guys to not hold on to what you believe is true, but to wrestle the text, not suppress what is true, but to let God speak for Himself and hold fast to the Bible as God's word and hold fast to God who had, who he has revealed himself. Because if this is God's word, if this is the power of life unto salvation, and if God is who he has claimed to be, he will not lie, but we cannot twist scriptures like the Watchtower has done. Because they say one thing where God says, I am one God. And then God says that there is no God formed before me or after me. But yet they say that Jesus became a God. Either God is right or the Watchtower is right. And they cannot be both. And so that's my encouragement to you because I love you dearly from the bottom of my heart. Well, we appreciate you sharing sharing about what you believe to be true. Because that's what we're doing. And uh, like I said, one day we're going to know. We're going to have this conversation again. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, Hopefully, unless I'm right. Uh, because if I'm right... Well, and and, right and you die, yeah. we will not have this conversation again. And just like and just like the the rich ruler and Lazarus, and um, uh, he said to Abraham, the rich uh, the rich man, he said, please um, just just let me go to my brothers and sisters so they don't have this torment. And 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 he says, look, they had Abraham and the prophets. If they didn't believe them, then they will not believe you. The Bible is God's word. And this is the only shot you get in this life. There is no second chance. And so you either bow to the God of the universe or he will let you go into eternal conscious punishment for rejecting him. And so... Well, here's hoping that we get to see you. Uh, that is my sincere hope. And if you read your Bible, yeah, well, we I want, to, I want yeah. to stand shoulder to shoulder with you guys and I want to... I want to walk hand in hand with you guys across the other side and enjoy God forever. I don't want to enjoy this earth forever. I don't want to enjoy paradise forever. I want to enjoy God for all of eternity. And while that will take place on this earth and we will have restored bodies, glorified bodies, the prize of heaven is not paradise. The prize of heaven is a restored relationship with the God of the universe. God is the prize heaven, not laying down with lions and lambs. We'll, we'll keep setting for them this for 30 years. So it's not, yeah, it's, it's not, yeah, I've, I've, I've gone yeah. through all those questions and all the things you brought up with nature. And if you, so, and if you're, and if on your study you find that I'm conflicting and you come up and you have 
please call me and I will well, you know that, have my number. You know I that, uh, that website that you downloaded, I believe. The JW app? Yeah, if you punch in the search, punch in any, sometimes you punch in a scripture or you punch in a subject, uh, it'll bring up articles that are based on the Bible. You know, that it will probably put it more concisely, perhaps, in there than I did. Uh, so you have, no, you have everything yeah. that we put out there because we don't hide anything. We try to share it, mm -hmm. so that's why it's there. So you can always, you know, make access to that. But I appreciate, you know, what your intention is. Mm -hmm. I thank you for that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I wish you the very best, you, know, you and your family. Mm -hmm. and, uh, perhaps sometime in the future we'll run into you again. Yeah. Well, God says in Acts 17 that he establishes man's dwelling places and he allots the very periods of time that they live and establishes their boundaries. So I believe that it's no accident that we met because if we believe that God does establish man's boundaries and the time, allotted periods of time that they live, it's no accident that um, Joe and Iris are in my house and that we got to spend um, these few hours together between yeah. last week and this week. So appreciate the time. And um, yeah. and I will be continuing to pray for you guys. Okay. Um, Thank you. And I have been praying for you guys all since last week when we oh, met uh, nice. very much. So yeah, and uh, and you guys are always welcome in my home. And hopefully we can talk again. Yeah. Hey, Daddy, can you yeah. go to the pool because I wanna write um and then he goes to a pool party. No. Oh, <laughs> Can you tell them about it, Vanessa? Bye. Bye. Bye, Joyce. Bye, Shane. Bye, Trace. Very good to meet you here. Thank you guys for Thank taking you time. And your kids and your Bye. cute puppy. Bye, Vanessa. Yes. Joyce the dog. Okay. <laughs> Joyce, appreciate you too. <laughs> you guys take care. We'll be praying for y'all. Okay. 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 Right. Okay. I will. It's in you. God bless you.